welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook. On this week's episode, which is episode 58, we have Brian Kanaki. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great, thank you. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, Brian, tell us a little bit about your real estate journey, kind of, you know, how long have you been doing it now, and, sure. you know, what are some of the things that you're having success with? Well, first off, I can't believe this is 58 already. Yeah. This has been, it's just crazy, because I was on, like, number nine was the first time I was on the show, and... That seemed like it was just a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, but it was a year ago. Yeah, holy cow, <laughs> holy cow. So, um, you know, you obviously know, but for for folks that are watching, um, I, I was in law enforcement for almost twenty six years, and um, looking to transition to a new career. And I really have been talking about doing this for a few years, but um, it was it was last summer, two thousand twenty one. Um, took the, the, the online classes and did all that stuff um, and came over here to 54. Um, I think I onboarded in July, but really mm-hmm. didn't get started um, until end of August or so of 2021. And, and really the market was, was hot. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hot then. We couldn't, we had leads coming in and it was, just, it was, it was like easy to be a realtor, right? Yeah. You know, you just had to show up. Um, and hit the ground running and, and really and did well really initially. Six, yeah, six or seven your first month. I yeah, remember that. Yeah, and like that first September through the end of the year, I did almost $4 million. Yeah, real quick. So I'm like, yeah. this is easy. This, yeah. is, this is great. Why didn't I do this, you know, Before. years ago? Um, and, and I think it, it helped with um, really ha- – Mike Peoples was my uh, team lead at the time and had really good support around us. Um, and – it, it allowed me to, and, I, and it really was impressed upon me that uh, there's lots and lots of people who are realtors who, have, who hang a license. You know, I've seen studies that say there's 20-some thousand in, in Central Florida. But mm-hmm. uh, to do this job properly, you have to treat it like a job. Absolutely. You have to get up, and you have to have a schedule, and you need to um, have a plan every day to move your business forward. And that was something that was very impre- impressed upon me early on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what has helped me succeed to where I'm at now. Um, but I also, this was such a new thing for me. Um, I, you know, being in government work for 25 plus years, you know, you were told where to be, when to be, how to be. You had a hierarchy of bosses and then all of a sudden I'm in a, a career now that you're on your own. Right. So I've, I, that was a big jump, you know, and a big transition for me um, and for people who are coming from that kind of a, a job to your own entrepreneur, run your own kind of business. 54 is here for support and um, any brokerage is there for more for support, but it's mm-hmm. really on you to, to run your business. Um, so that that's probably um, been my biggest challenge is just learning how to to work that way now. Self-manage. Yeah, self-manage and um, keep myself on a schedule and keep myself on track. Um, yeah, it sounds like, so kind of what I'm hearing yeah. is, you know, one of the things, and you kind of learned early on, which, you know, I think is a great attribute to learn, is, you know, to be successful in this industry, you got to be self-disciplined. You do. It's about the little things, mm-hmm. you know. We always talk about the compound effect. It's constantly doing those little things Absolutely. that most people skip mm-hmm. over and over again. And then accountable, but from your previous employment as a detective, obviously you had people to be accountable when you're an agent. Yes, you have the support, but you're accountable to yourself. Absolutely. You know, and I think one of the things that I was able to kind of bring with me to this career was being very, very detail oriented, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to talk to people. And that's something, maybe it's a generational thing now um, where people are so focused on technology. 
that this job is all about building relationships with people. It's, mm-hmm. it's about building relationships with the client, whether it's a buyer or seller, building relationships with vendors, uh, building relationships with other agents, building relationships with the brokerage. Um, and that's something that I had to do as a, a in law enforcement, especially as a detective and talking to people from, you could be talking to the homeless person um, who's on drugs to a million dollar homeowner or business owner uh, in the matter of within minutes of mm-hmm. each other. So. That's something that was, um, I already kind of had that um, traits or those abilities and that really transcended here in, in, in real estate. Um, so, uh, you know, while it's been a, a major change, I've been able to utilize a lot of my experiences, my education and training to kind of learn how to talk to people and know how to talk to people and read people, know whether I need to continue to call people or not. Um, Kind of read the room. Yeah, and and work, and that works well in negotiations now too. But where before, you know, when I first started here a year year and a half ago, there was no negotiations. It was send me an offer. We're not even talking to you. We won't even let you know if you got accepted or not most of the time. And now we're back to like more real estate 101. What I'm learning is... Um, you really have to build those relationships and you've got to be able to negotiate. You've got to be able to give and take. And a true negotiation is usually a lose-lose situation. You're going to give up a little bit of something. Um, everybody is in, mm-hmm. in the real negotiations um, and coming to, you know, some of these contracts that we're working with now. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've always thought, too, one thing that you kind of touched on is, you know, it's always the value of relationships mm-hmm. over a deal. You know, the deal, a deal will come and go, but it's developing these relationships where whether it's a referral source that can bring you a constant flow of business or a client that you're going to, you know, multiple transaction Absolutely. with, it's always better to focus on the relationships than the actual transaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, you know, one of the things that I had to kind of learn how to do too was it's not always about making a sale. Like you said, it's, mm-hmm. it's about building that relationship and we, I, maybe it's overused term, but it's, uh, it's very effective. It's, it's adding value to people. Um, and sometimes it's not just, you know what you can do to sell or buy a home for them but it's what you can do when they need a lawn care guy what you can do when they need a roofer um, having those contacts and I'm I you know coming into this I didn't have a lot of those contacts I maybe have one but we have a nice um, you know network here at 54 that I'm able to at least reach out to another agent who's got somebody or I can look at our vendor list uh, that people have utilized successfully and had good relationships with and grab from those resources so it makes me look very knowledgeable to you know a potential client as well so um, you know that's one of the things I I stress to people um, who are getting into uh, the real estate field is to find a brokerage that is not just about you know flashiness, but but having those systems in place and having really a relationship in the, within the community that you're gonna you're work in because mm-hmm. there might be some national brands that sound cool and maybe you, maybe you heard about them, but they don't really have any ties into the community that you might be working in at Absolutely. that time. So. Um, that's what's kind of unique about us. You know, I, I primarily work in North Hillsborough, Pasco, and in Hernando, and that's really where our bread and butter is. Yeah. Um, that's where kind of where we made our name, and um, uh, it's been very beneficial for me. So Yeah, absolutely, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, you know, I got to know, Mike, or, um, I got to know, you know, what do you think right now is tougher, Brian, is... Solving a cold case as a detective or pending a deal? I don't know. Right now, it's a toss-up. Um, yeah, it, it's it's gotten a lot tougher, obviously. Um, and I, I solved plenty of cases, but um, you know, now you really the market changed in the matter of like 
a week. It right. just seemed like it, it really went from July, it very much a yeah, seller's market. And now I don't even know if you'd go all the way to a buyer's market, but we definitely are, are transcending into a buyer's market right now where um, you never asked for, buyers never asked for concessions from sellers. Inspections. Uh, yeah, inspections. Um, you know, we've got things like two-for-one buy-downs on the interest rates now that sellers are paying for. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a couple thousand dollars. Um, and, and one of my last listings, we, we marketed it as a, a $5,000 seller concessions towards down payment and closing mm -hmm. costs. And um, that was never heard of when I, no. a year ago. Um, <laughs> and, and I, but, I, but I think... Because of the interest rates creeping up, um, you know, house values have to come down. And so it, it, it is making it a better market for buyers because they really have an opportunity to not be rushed into, I mean, there were so many times where we had to run out right away and see a house, knew there was already deals on the table, knew we had a deadline where now we can get out there and really take a look at two, three, four homes. Um, marinate it a little bit, you know, really think about it, do a little bit of research, put in a, a, a good offer. Um, and most of the time, these offers today are under the, those list prices mm -hmm. as opposed to last year. You definitely, you just had to figure out how much you're going to put over when you could afford over a, that list price. So yeah, it's absolutely. a different, it's a different market we're in, obviously. And yeah, you've and seen this a lot more than I have. So I'm learning as I go along. This one's a little unique just because of interest rates, right? Because interest rates with finance deals are going to affect affordability. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen personally the interest rate spike this high. You know, when so I quick, first too. got back into it, it might've been just sub this, but I haven't seen them, you know, kind of reach it and how quickly, yeah. you know, they accelerated. And then obviously you have sellers still kind of, you know, going off comps, you know, five, six months ago. Mm -hmm. I think once they realize what the new market is, they start listing their homes, you know, with the market price, yeah. you know, we'll have some normalcy with the listings. And then once interest rates become, they're not so volatile, then, you know, I think buyers, you know, wherever the rates land a little more comfortable transacting because they know you know what that lending environment is going to be yeah it's going to be a little weird for yeah few months. i say i say till about the first of the year i think yeah. will be i don't say back to normal like like by any means will be normal like hey january of 22 will be similar to january of 23 mm -hmm. not like that at all but it'll be the new norm and rather than kind of this sporadic yeah. volatile market that we're currently in yeah so let me ask you this ryan what um what skill do you think, so your previous occupation as a detective, what's one skill you think from your previous ocup uh, occupation that allowed you to have quicker success in the real estate market? Um, probably the communication skills, really. Um, being able to pick up a phone and talk to somebody, be able to meet people. Um, and, so not scared to kind of make those contacts. Yeah, not, and just to be able to... Uh, you know, just to BS with people. That's a lost art yeah. is, is being able to just to talk to anybody um, and not be pushy about a, the sales of, you know, uh, buying and selling a home, but being able to build that relationship, um, finding some common ground that you can continue to talk about um, and really building those relationships through communication. Um, and it's a, it, it's using, you know, calling people, texting, emailing, having that you know, face-to-face -face conversations. I really like to, and, and, and we've always stressed that, but getting out there and at least showing somebody a house and, and you find out a whole lot, even if they're not pre-approved, even if they really don't think that they're totally interested, maybe they're just dipping the toe in the water, maybe it's just this one home, but getting in front of them, building that, um, that, that relationship, finding out if they're, you know, their true sincerity um, in having a transaction. And even if they aren't, you're building that clientele 
for the future. Maybe. Absolutely. Uh, I was just talking to Allison out there and it really there's like a three tiered approach that I have discovered I need to look at. It's, it's about what am I closing in the next quarter, next two, three months? What am I looking at for the next year? And mm-hmm. what am I looking at for maybe three, four, five years down the road? And those mm-hmm. are different types of, of nurturing. Absolutely. Um, they all require their own little, like, growing in the garden. Yeah, their little growing it in the garden kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some things are going to sprout quicker, and some are going to take the full full year to harvest. Absolutely. But, um, um, I think communicating is a lost art and being able to just BS with people. Um, and that's probably been what's transcended from my old job to this yeah and i think it's not just the bs aspect but i think it's also the the caring aspect right yes. so so what i'm hearing from you is you know some of the things that helped you have you know achieve this level of success so quickly is humanizing the experience you're not just looking at it as a transaction if they're not ready to go you're still nurturing that relationship you're more focused on building that relationship and that rapport mm-hmm. than you are getting to make an offer that day absolutely and then also is you know, the value of the face-to-face interaction. Like, it sounds like, and I always, you know, put an emphasis on that. It's like, hey, I did everything I can just to get the face-to-face. And once I got the face-to-face, I could build a relationship. Absolutely. But I think that's so key. And a lot of people, I think in this market, especially realtors, avoid the face-to-face and like all these boxes are checked. Mm-hmm. Where I think it's one of the things that needs to be done out there. Absolutely. The gate, Absolutely. You know? and, and, you know, the, one of the things that I think you have to... Um, set aside is the importance of, of making a getting a contract. It's it's doing what's best for the people that you're dealing with at the time. And it, so there's been times where we've sat and we've looked at homes and and they just can't afford it at this time. So let's get them to a place that maybe they have to build some credit. Maybe they do need to rent for a little while because they don't have any money to put down. Um, so it, it and that's not always best for me. I, I only get paid when we're closing deals, right? Mm-hmm. But if we do what's best for the client, ultimately, I I felt that, yeah it, it, that it works. Yeah, the universe works for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree hundred percent. So let me ask you this too: What do you think? Something when you jumped into real estate, what is something that you didn't expect or possibly overlooked when starting a real estate career? What's something you didn't expect? Sure, how much work you put in without getting paid. You know, I I was in a career that you put an hour in, you got paid. Yeah. You got paid every two weeks. Yeah. Um, Something that I really had to learn to manage was um, the sporadic closings. And when you start in this job, you need to have a little nest egg that you can live from for three to maybe even six months because Mm -hmm. it doesn't always happen right away. Um, especially if you're getting into real estate now, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have that influx of leads where we were, we couldn't hand out leads fast enough a lot of times. Um, you were turning things down where now um, you've really got to nurture those leads for a lot longer. So um, squeeze it, every it, ounce of that abso- juice. Absolutely. And so that was something that was different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, was, you know, knew that going in, but it still was a little bit of a shock to how much work, whether it be showings, whether it be doing research, whether it be preparing, you know, uh, CMAs, whatever the case is, you're putting in hours and hours and hours of work a lot of times that's not necessarily compensated mm-hmm. um, and it's tough to express that to a client why you're getting two percent two and a half three percent or why there's a, a mls fee or a transaction fee that there's a lot of people involved in the transaction and you might not see 95 percent of that yeah. you might just get an email um, <laughs> but that email had lots of people involved yeah. and there was a lot of things going, lot of things on. going so on behind the scenes that was tough um and 
you know, the, the contractual stuff, I, I, being in law enforcement, I was always kind of involved in, you know, documents and forms and, and legal stuff. So that wasn't new, new for me. Um, I think being detail-oriented is, is very it's important. Kind of, yeah, it's very important. And so that, that, that helped me uh, make this transition as well. But um, I knew I was, it was going to be a lot of just talking to people and building those relationships. So I kind of knew what I was getting involved in at that point. But uh, it's been great. I mean, I've, I've had a blast so far. And so far, I've been successful with this. And yeah. you and I talk regularly about continuing to grow, grow the, business the business. And, yeah. and work on that next. So. And I'm glad you brought that up as a point because I, I want to think that most agents starting off their real estate career, maybe they're on the fence of real estate career, you know, going straight commissions scares the shit out of people, mm -hmm. right? So now you're somebody who's done that. What are some things you can give from experiencing that to kind of help somebody who's pondering it besides having a small nest egg? What are some of the things they might want to think about to get in the right mindset of making the sleep into a straight commission job? Sure. Um, budgeting, Planning, scheduling um, is crucial. Cutting unnecessary expenses. You do. For a little and, bit. And you, there's a lot of temptation to dump a lot of money <laughs> into marketing or yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that you've got to work yourself up to. When you work the maybe the leads or, you know, anybody who gets into real estate really needs to work their own network initially. Yeah. Work your friends and family. That should be your first reach. Um, before you start paying for leads or, or doing any of that um, real expensive, potentially expensive marketing. Um, because most of us understand that any marketing campaign that you do, whether it be um, cold calls, whether it be flyers and the mailers and things like that, um, it, nothing happens overnight. Uh -uh. You, you're, you're spending money maybe today for a, a hopeful closing in six months to a year. So, yeah, farming, I mean, I would expect six months before you can even think about starting before, to get business. Yeah, before you start just getting a little mm -hmm. bit of interest. Um, so you've got any of that money you're going to spend, you, you have to look for the long term. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be your, your two, three months, even six months a lot of times. So um, so what, I hear, what I'm hearing is the sweat equity, right? Instead absolutely. of using a monetary investment, you're just kind of hustling, beating the street, talking to people you know, mm -hmm. trying to pick up as much free business as you can. Yes. And then you can kind of build and expand on that. And again, you pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. That goes a long way. Even if it's just leaving a message with people, um, I, I feel the text messages is, is extremely informal and impersonal. Emails are the same way. I think people appreciate a call. They Even if they don't pick up, you leave them a quick message. They know that you at least thought of them and reached out to them. Um, so getting back to the, the commission base, it, it's it's... What you end up seeing is, especially the young realtors get their first check and they go out and they spend all, every dime of it, you know, yeah. like now they're leasing a new truck and now Bottle service in Miami. Absolutely. <laughs> and two weeks later, they're like, crap, when's my next closing? Well, it's not for four months, yeah. three months, two months, whatever it might be. So it's really budgeting and, and understanding that, um, you, you need to take a little bit for taxes. Yeah. Who thinks so. about that? Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit for an investment so mm -hmm. you don't have to work for the rest of your life and a little bit to live on, a little bit for your business, to promote your business yeah. as well. And then stash them away for yeah. those bad months. Yeah. Especially starting off, I'd say, yeah. you know, yeah. for anywhere between two to three years is really what it takes to have a consistent stride where you're mm -hmm. kind of off the roller coaster. If you do everything right, yeah. you know, it's going to be usually that to get that consistent business. Yeah. So to stash that money away, so if you kind of put away a little bit every month. And when you do have that down month, it doesn't kind of hit you as hard yeah. as if that money was spent. Or down a couple months sometimes. Yeah, true. Um, you know, I think one of the, the, the things that we talk about a lot, but I think 
people who end up having success do two things early. They find people who are successful and mimic their what they're doing. Find mm-hmm. out what they're doing and then find a good tax person. Yeah, so, absolutely. Because there are some, some issues you need to address. Right out the gate. Absolutely. Um, even from your banking standpoint, from what you're, you're spending and how you're spending and where you're spending. That Incorporating will, your license. Absolutely. So and you need to find that person quick mm-hmm. because you're going to spend a year doing this and spinning your wheels and finding out you're going to have to pay a ton of taxes and you haven't saved for that. Um, so finding somebody to mentor you and finding a, a tax guy would be my first two, two, uh, two suggestions for anybody coming into this. Oh, all, all the time. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a number of time where agents will come in and they have a monster year and I always tell them, Hey, get incorporated, go to the PA or LLC, get change it on your license. So you yep. can be paid that way and then put it through a business account. They're, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I put it on the back burner. They get the 1099 the first year. Now they're paying self-employment tax. Yep. Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's a lot. I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you haven't budgeted for that Correct. at all. <laughs> and you get hit with that tax bill. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. What's one thing right now, Brian, you're doing in your business to kind of help you have greater success? If you were to say the one thing you're currently working on right now um, that you're expanding your skill set on, or maybe it's a new campaign that you're doing for your personal business, what is that and how's that going? Probably the, the the major thing I'm doing right now is continuing to to work my my network, mm-hmm. the network that I've put together, the leads that I've taken over the last year year and a half. Um, I'm reaching back out to everybody personally, not just I'll, I'll do some batch emails where I send something out to you know, hey, you know, market's changing, this and that, um, and we do that. And we have good systems in place here to to utilize through follow boss or whatever it might be. But I think those personal touches, reaching back out to people, even a year ago, say, listen, a year ago, you and I were talking about you moving to the Land O'Lakes area. Um, how, how did that go? What's, you, you didn't find a house. What's your goals? The finding out people's goals and letting them talk, letting them explain um, maybe where they're looking, what their thoughts are, seeing what you can do to help that process out for them. What's holding um, them back? What's holding them back? getting them in touch to the right maybe lender, um, finding a good credit repair people that you can at least refer them to. Um, So I think, especially when you're starting out new and fairly fresh in this, um, it's really working that that sphere or that network that you start to establish from the leads that you you got previously. Um, And that's that's a great point, um, because that's one thing that I think a lot of people take for granted. When me and Rose started building this business, uh, initially, and we were working leads, you know, obviously with leads, there's usually there's a monetary investment, there's referral fees, lower splits, whatever it might be. And a lot of people will get tunnel vision on just focus on how much is this lead paying for me. Right. But honestly, that lead, that appointment, now that becomes hopefully a client for life. Mm-hmm. You can't look at it as like a one for one transaction. I know you're calculating ROI and stuff. You got to do that for your budgeting and making sure the numbers make sense, but it's more on that relationship. And one thing that you're doing that I wish I could have more agents do is now that you are developing a stronger relationship with that now past client, mm-hmm. they're becoming your sphere and you're hoping to generate more business, not only from them, but people they know who Absolutely. are looking to buy and sell real estate. And that's been kind of where I've transitioned. I'm, I'm taking less of those leads mm-hmm. um, and working my network and getting more referrals. Um, I, I tell the story, I, I had a great guy, we got him a house in Wikiwachi using a, using a VA loan right in the height of everything going on. It was, it was kind of amazing to get a VA loan through at that time. Um, but when we were there doing the home inspection, I met the, the seller, right? So ended up conversing with her a little bit and she was not a big fan of her listing agent at that time, right? <coughs> so 
left her my card, said, need anything when this is all said and done, give me a holler. Sure enough, she called, gets a hold of me, wants to look for something else, um, get her into a new house. She refers her daughter to me, get her daughter, um, get her a townhome. Daughter refers somebody from work to me. We're going to be closing on a DR Horton new construction next month That's awesome. for her. Her, she in turn gets me her brother. Yeah. We closed on, and so it, it was a, this one conversation. You're standing there at a home inspection anyways, just building a relationship with mm -hmm. this lady. Got me four, so far, four transactions out of it, and those are all SOIs from me. Yeah. They're all part of my sphere. I'm not paying a Zillow fee or anything like that off those. And that's something, she's obviously gonna be someone I continue to stay in contact with. Um, reach out to her every couple months, send her a card once in a while, know when her birthday is, you know, holidays, um, and take care of those people. And they, um, you know, that's how you build your, in my opinion, that's how I'm building my business. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that's kind of where we, if we circle back yeah. to the self-discipline part, those are the little things that don't take much time, but you have to be consistent with. And if you fall off on it, you lack consistency, even though, you know, it's these little tweaks and modifications and these things that take a small piece of time. If you start to skip things here and there, it sets you back so far. It it's does. not like, yeah, I miss a week. I'm going back a week. It's like you miss a week. You're going back a quarter yeah. because you Absolutely. just got to have that consistency. And pretty much people just want to say, hey, is he going to follow through? Can I rely on this person? Yep. If you're constantly doing something and you stop, well, it looks like, all right, they're not self-disciplined in their work habits. Yeah. And the big thing is, is getting back to having a schedule and having a routine that you stay to. Mm -hmm. So Tuesdays might be, I might block out two hours for phone calls. And it might be from 9 to 11. Mm -hmm. and, and I know half of them aren't going to pick up, but that's okay. I leave a message, just let them know, hey, I was just calling, touch base with you, see how things are going. Um, if you're interested in knowing how much your house is worth now because the market's kind of crazy, give me a call or shoot me a text. Um, I think that that's, that's huge to block that out because... I, I see so many, especially new young agents that come in and are so excited they're a realtor and it's like, well, what do you, what did you do today? Well, I played golf. Yeah. What what'd you do yesterday? I went to the beach. Beach. Uh, what did you do over the weekend? Went to the club. Yeah. What did you do to build your business? Yeah. I don't know. I'm waiting for a lead Thunder. to come through. Yeah. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me what to do and you know, they're going to be looking for jobs here soon. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> I, mean, and what, I hate to say that, but you know, that's as blunt as you can get. You, no, you're 100% accurate. And the one thing too is you'd be surprised because you'll, you'll like whatever your routine is, mm -hmm. but the cadence for those phone calls, you might leave a message to somebody. Let's say you're calling somebody monthly and you leave a message for 12 months in a row, month 13, you decide to stop. Now this person's never picked up the phone. You've left a message every time they reach out to you. Hey, Brian, yeah, I didn't get your call this week. Yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? It's weird how that happens because yeah. we, we notice that happen with phone calls, mailings yeah. and stuff early on in our career. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's finding that just that one thing for me, it's the phone calls. Sometimes it's some people write letters, whatever it might be. I, I've started to send out cards just because it's easier for me. I just, I can write a little something in the card, drop it in the mailbox. It cost me 50 cents for buy a batch of cards. Um, it's personable, you know, who most of the stuff you get in the mail is bad, it's yeah. the bills or junk. Um, so if they get a little card for me once in a while, if it's got even a $5 gift card for Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, scratch off. yeah, something like that. Just, Hey, thinking of you, um, I, Hey, I won hundred bucks in the lottery. I want to yeah. give back to everybody yeah. else and buy them all, you know, like a $2 strap, scratch off. That's right. Um, little things like that because that just and, you know, brightens their day. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. So obviously I know real estate getting into it for the connections, flexibility, obviously yeah. unlimited uh, income potential, but what is it, 
you know, obviously everybody says, oh, I might get into real estate for the houses because I love houses. Right. But obviously, a lot of people get into real estate. They do have a passion. They definitely do want to help. But it's more about creating the lifestyle for themselves. So mm -hmm. what's the reason why? Like, besides trying to get out the money and, you know, where it's important and then also, you know, being in control of your own schedule for family and things like that, what's, what's the one why where real estate is going to be able to do X for your lifestyle and that's why you're kind of passionate about delivering this great level of service to buyers and sellers? Um, well, a, a, I think I've just... My personality is service-based. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what drew me into law enforcement. Um, I think when I approached... Just helping out in the community. Yeah, helping out people. Because you're not going to make... Uh, what I learned quick in law enforcement is I can't change maybe a whole entire community, but I can make a major impact in some people's One person's lives. Life. Yeah. And in doing real estate, if you take that service approach, you can make a big impact in a family or 100%. a person's life, maybe even at a bad time, they're going through divorce, they're having, they're having a downsize for whatever reason, um, they're moving, job changes or whatever. Um, if you can make that a, as positive as you possibly can for them, or as easy and seamless as you can for them, it, it leaves a positive um, impression upon them. So uh, I think not just approaching this, like you said, as building wealth or, or trying to do something along those lines, it's serving the community, serving those, your, your client base. Um, I, that was probably something that um, really pushed me towards this particular line of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't lie, I, I've, I've got a very active family. Um, this allows me to be involved in, in my kids' activities, be Absolutely. there for sports games. And yeah, I can imagine if you're on a case, what, you're gone sometimes yeah. for days I mean, and nights. When right? I was working, yeah, working homicide, um, yeah, you get a call out and you might be gone for three or four days. We used to carry, you know, an overnight bag with us and you may be jumping on a plane to take off and follow up on something or hunt something, someone down. Um, fun and exciting, but it's not good for family, for family life, life yeah. at all. It's not I good for that. relationships. It's not good for Missing kids. Out. And I missed out on a lot mm -hmm. for a long, long time. And um, it was time, you know, mm -hmm. um, the, the world that we live in now, too, is... Um, not a great place for law enforcement, unfortunately. It's mm -hmm. too bad, but um, it is an it's, a it is, it's the truth. Um, so it was time to make that transition anyways, but um, I wanted to go somewhere and do something that I was still serving at least a portion of our community. Um, and there's a lot of fulfillment, not only monetarily, but fulfillment in, in helping families out. And it's great when I, I get cards back from people and I get phone calls from people and I don't have to reach out to some of these folks. They're, they're calling me and asking me how my family are. And um, I incorporate my, especially my youngest, she likes to come along on showings. She likes to tell people what she would do with the homes. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, I kind of she jokingly say she's my closer. And, <laughs> That's um, awesome. But um, she enjoys that. and But that also personalizes me as well with potential clients. Mm -hmm. um, shows that. They get to know you as yeah, a, a they human get being. Yeah, know my family as yeah. well. And they I'm invested in them, obviously. Right. Now they know a little bit more about me personally, um, not just from a Facebook post, but they actually meet meet my kids sometimes. and. Um, it's, it's cool to, to be a part of that, be a part of the community in that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Brian, it's been great having you. For yeah. the audience out there, whether it's a buyer looking to buy, seller looking to sell, or maybe it's an agent looking for advice and maybe just wants to pick your brain, what's the best way to get a hold of you? What's the best number to reach you on and the email address to reach sure. you on? Um, my work number is 813-553-5440. And I'm always available by email as well at Brian Kanicki, um at... 54realty.com. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thank you, Brian. We appreciate your time. And thank you. Audience, for everybody who kind of tuned in, we appreciate you listening to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook. Mm -hmm.